Welcome to track number 15 of The Privilege. Hallelujah! Yeah. Hallelujah! President Leopard will be afraid when he sees the praises of the Lord. privilege of being a shepherd. Amen. Now, what did I say I was going to tell you? 29 keys to good preaching. Amen. How many want to be a good preacher? So that you can really be a good feeder of the sheep. Amen. Now, 29 keys to being a good preacher, a good shepherd preacher. Amen. Amen. Number one, preach out of your heart. Amen. Amen. Psalm 130 verse 1. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. One of the main works of a shepherd is preaching or feeding. And one of the use of the rod is feeding. So, the privilege has been given to you. Who are those from Uganda? Wow. Can you stand? I, I see a whole lot of people from Uganda. Wow. Are you all Ugandans? It's powerful. Oh, clap for the Ugandans. Any of you relatives of Idi Amin? No? Are his children in town? Idi Amin? He has some children there, so. Do you know them? Are they in the government? One is a minister. Amin's children. Wow. Careful now. He's getting closer to me. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Hey, may the Lord multiply you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you are going to be a good shepherd, you, know how, you must know how to preach well. Amen. Now, one of the main duties or things that you are going to do is to be able to preach. How many want to be preachers? If you, if you don't want to be a preacher, you can walk out now. 
Because this session is for people who want to preach. How many are going to preach the word of God? How many are going to preach the word? Raise your hand, let me see. You're going to preach the word. Amen. That is good. Now, if you are going to preach the word of the Lord, you need to learn how to preach well. Amen. Amen. And I want to encourage you all to be good preachers. Some of these things, you know, you tell people and um, they don't listen. But what I'm sharing with you can be one of the greatest blessings to you. Once you get rid of a too-known attitude that you know everything, you will always learn something that will be a blessing to you. At least it's been a blessing to me. The first key is to preach out of your heart. Now, preaching is the main work, not miracles, not slaying people, not breathing on people, not blowing air on people. You get it? Preaching or teaching is the main work of a shepherd. It's feeding. Jesus said, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. So everybody should learn how to be a good preacher. So you need to learn how to be a good preacher and you need to go through these 29 points and carefully decide to include these 29 points in your preaching. Amen. Are you listening to me? And the first one is to preach out of your heart. What do I mean by preach out of your heart? When you preach out of your heart, you preach naturally and more powerfully. Okay? But when you preach what you think you have to preach, do you see? Or what you people want you to preach. Or when you feel that this is what will give people will like this. There are, you can get about 25 different reasons for what you preach. Sometimes you preach what you think people will like. Sometimes you want people to give money. So you preach so that they give money after. Sometimes you want miracles to happen after you finish preaching. So you preach certain type of message so that miracles happen. Sometimes you want people to fall down after you finish preaching. So you preach a type of message that are about the Holy Spirit in a way that the atmosphere will become very Holy Spiritical. Do you get it? So that mystical, so that people will fall down after you finish. Sometimes you want to impress the people. Or sometimes you see an important person sitting there and you know that the person is very intellectual. So you want to say things that will really, he will also understand and he will be impressed with what you are saying. Sometimes you see a man of God sitting there and you know this man of God is a lot into prayer. So you want to say something that will go along his line. Do you understand? Sometimes you want to be invited again. So you preach in a certain way that will make you invited again and come back. Sometimes you, you see a, a pastor, you are visiting, you are preaching in a one church 
and you see a pastor there and you want that other pastor to also invite you you know what he likes he is into the fear of god so you preach about the fear of god so that he will when he hears that he will invite you or you know that this person they believe a lot in faith so when you go you want to preach on faith so that they will be impressed with you so many reasons to preach or they said this this month is the month for art of shepherding so what did they say i should preach they said i should preach art of shepherding so when you go there you know none of these things may be in your heart when you preach and it always shows when you preach what is not in your heart you never preach your best amen are you listening to me now if there is nothing in your heart how can you preach from your heart do you get it this is the problem with most pastors one day a certain pastor divorced his wife and i was um speaking to some of the members of the family and um they talked about different things but one of the problems that they said was that let's say the husband and the both the husband and wife were pastors they said one of them never reads the bible unless he or she is going to preach do you understand unless he's going to preach she will never read the bible watching television throughout so what is in the heart comes out but you see you so you see people ministering but they are not ministering from their hearts they are ministering they just quickly prepared and then they came or they just listened to a tape and it's not deep in them it's not what they really think and it's not what they really believe do you understand so it is what comes out of the heart that affects people amen what did jesus say jesus said when the people were concerned about washing of hands he said it's not what is outside that affects you he says what really defiles you or what really has power is the things that come from the heart of the man then he went on to explain for from within from the heart come all these things that he mentioned adultery this 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 but they come from the heart this it is things that are originating in the heart that have power when it is not originating in the heart and from the heart it has not got that power that's why you see sometimes there's a different effect when different people preach sometimes the same thing one is preaching the heart what he really thinks and what he really believes and that's why when you are empty you have you don't have things that are already within you there's nothing to come out of your heart to bless the people for notes number one is this number two is if you read my my book you 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 don't almost almost don't even need to prepare because i can tell you all that i have to do is i can just start a message right here five facts about the call of god 
So you can, today I've got a message and I want to preach five facts about the call of God. Number one, many are called. Number two, there is a call to fruitfulness. Number three, so cool. We got a nice message, easy. Then I'm going to teach you now how different people were called. Number one, how Paul was called. Number two, how Abraham was called. How this was called. Sixteen. How many is this? Eighteen. You never get, you never run out of points if you are using my book. Characteristics of called, called people. 20 characteristics of called people. You've got 20 points. You can keep going for 30 minutes. What it means to be called. How many are this one? This one is about uh, how many? My dear. 10. 10 things what it means to be called. Uh, I mean, we are, we, our points are not going to finish either today or tomorrow. You see, what is in your heart? Amen. Amen. So, what is in your heart is very, very, very important. Uh, I have 20 points, 30 points, more, more. So, for what to preach, you always get things to preach. But whether the thing is coming from your heart, is what makes the difference. Jesus said, for from within, from the heart of man. This is, it's not the outer things that can affect you. The thing that is coming from the heart. If fornication is not in your heart, you will not commit fornication. It is when fornication has entered your heart that it will happen. Yeah. It is when it has entered your heart that is when it will actually come about. It has to be in your heart. Are you there? But for our minds, fornication crosses our mind all the time. How many have had fornication cross your mind? Because of pastors, only pastors. I want only congregation. Don't worry, pastors. How many have had fornication crossing your mind? Crossing, yeah. Pastors crossing, yeah, crossing. It's crosses pass by. Yeah. It will, it will not defile you. It is when it is in your heart. That is when you do it. But for the heart, the mind that is crossing the mind there. It has crossed. Are you listening to me? Amen. So preach out of your heart. And so you need to put a whole lot of things into your heart. Amen. Amen. Number two, preach extemporaneously. Amen. Now, that means informal. You must be able to preach extemporaneous, which is an offshoot of preaching from your heart. Amen. Now, in other words, you need to be able to preach extemporaneously, which is when you are not even prepared to preach. Do you understand? You see, sometimes I ask Pastor Richard, come and take over. Then he just comes to start talking. But I, it's not something that I've told him that at 9.47, I will ask you to do whatever. No. Just, just talk to the people. So, you need to be able to preach from your heart. And preaching from your heart helps you to be able to preach 
extemporaneous, almost off the cuff, you can preach. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So make sure that things get deep down into your heart. And that is why you should not preach, you know, you just listen to something and then you are coming to preach it. A whole lot of lighthouse pastors do not realize that they are powerless because they just listen to a message I preach and coming to preach it. Or you listen to me and you see that I preach a powerful message. You are coming to preach the same message. Or just read a book and say, well, let me just go through these five points. You see that the power is taken out of that message because it's not something that is in your heart. As against somebody who has soaked in something and the thing is now in that person's heart. So when he is now preaching, it is now not even bishop's message because every message that I preach, I've also got it from somewhere. But it's so much in me that you can almost not divorce me from that message and even put it on somebody else. It is my message. Amen. So brothers and sisters, one time I heard Pastor Richard preaching from... um, he was preaching from a book, a mega church. We were in South Africa. And then he preached on uh, commitment. And I was there. I don't know what happened and I asked him to preach. So I said he should just preach, you know. I don't know why, but I told him to preach. And he preached commitment. Hey! So I was just listening to the message. I, I rarely get a chance to listen to my pastors and my sons in the ministry to preach. It's very, very rare. I don't listen to them preach. I use other ways to know whether they preach well. So, I was listening and he was speaking about commitment. Married, then came to marital commitment. When he got to marital commitment, he started to explain the marital commitment through Princess Diana. How Prince Charles has left England to come for this wife who was fornicating with a man in France. Huh? But because of their marriage, you see that even in that circumstance and in that death, there is some linkage that is so deep when you marry somebody that cannot even be cut off by some of these things. That he had to take an aeroplane and fly to Paris to go and take that body from that boyfriend's whatever mochi and come out with it. Talking about a commitment that is to the end. When he was preaching, I began to understand the book very well. The book that I had written. (laughs) So I realized that no, it's a very powerful book. So I decided when I go back to Accra, I'm going to preach from that book. I went back to her, I took the book and I started. Commitment, devoted members. Oh, they are nice messages. But you see, it's not that it is my message that he was preaching. What is my message? Did I come into the world with a message? No, there's nothing like my message. The Lord is giving us messages. All these are they are they are things that it becomes your message. It's not that it's like bishop's message. There's nothing like bishop's message. It's the message that God is giving to all of us. But you can preach it powerfully when it is also in your heart. 
And you may even preach it better than me because of certain things that will make you preach it better than me. There are some things because of who you are, you can preach some aspects of what I'm preaching better than the way I preach it. Because there are certain things, when you get there, Shalabazayabaya. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So, brothers and sisters, extemporaneous preaching comes only when there are things, many things in your heart. Amen. I'm teaching you to be a good preacher. Is it working? Number three. Preach in a charismatic style. To be charismatic means to be filled and inspired by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, you must become sensitive to the Holy Spirit when you are preaching. Charismatism, charisma, has to do with the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost is upon you, you can preach. And you know, one of the ways that I know the Holy Spirit is upon me when I'm preaching is if I'm not well. When I'm not well, or if I happen not to be well, the sickness disappears. It can disappear for 10 hours. And when I finish preaching, then at a point, it's it not, not immediately. Sometimes when you finish preaching, the anointing is still on you. The anointing is still there. I'm talking about anointing for preaching. It's still on you. You, you never know when somebody is anointed. Sometimes the anointing is, that's why I don't like it, but I finish preaching. People just immediately start following me without any reverence for whatever is going on. Because as you are working out, you are under a certain anointing. You have to have some respect for the person. Uh, okay, yeah, please. Our, our, can you sign our form? Shut up and get away. You have no reverence and respect and understanding of the anointing. It's true. So, that lifting lifts. Then the earthly things that are worrying you start to say, we are here. We are still here. <laughs> We were at the back whilst you were preaching. And we are still around. <laughs> Is it not fantastic? Amen. Are you listening to me? So, charisma, you must, you must be able to stand here and hear the voice of the Spirit telling you what to preach. One day I was on the stage preaching in South Africa, somewhere in an Indian part of South Africa. Everybody there is an Indian. And when I finished preaching, an elderly white lady came with the ministers to the back. And she sat somewhere to eat. And I sat on another table. When I finished eating, she came to sit there. An older and tall, very tall lady. I've never seen her before and I've never seen her. I don't know if she's even still alive. She came and she asked me, Do you know that when you are preaching, 
Jesus walks up and down on the platform. She told me, I see visions as clear as you are standing here. It is, that is the type of vision that I have. And she told me, do, do you know? I said, me? Jesus is where? I said, he's on his ass. I said, I have not seen him before. I have told you this is my problem. I have been praying to see him. And I have not yet seen him. She, said, she asked me. Actually, she didn't come to inform me. She didn't come to um, tell me that she has seen a vision. She came to ask me whether I knew. Whether I was aware. Then she added something. Because she has visions. She said, it is a very rare thing. Because she sees visions. It's a very unusual thing. This is what she told me. An elderly white lady. I've never seen her before. I've never seen her again. She said, it's a very unusual thing. Jesus walking on the platform. Now, if Jesus is walking here, and I'm preaching, and I cannot even be sensitive when I sense that he's telling me to end now. Or he's telling me to continue. Or he's telling me to say something in particular. Then I've not understood the presence of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the anointing. That is upon a person to pray. When Jesus said the Spirit is of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach. You see there is a presence that comes to preach. So when we talk about preaching with charisma. We are talking about a certain sensitivity and consciousness of the presence. One time I was in Canada with a small group of people having a camp meeting just like this. And I was preaching like this and then I was praying for the people. There was a lady sitting there and she she was just crying. Crying, crying, crying. And I prayed for everybody close. She told me afterwards, sometime later, on that the same time, she said, Bishop, when you were preaching, when you were standing, Jesus was sitting behind you there, and he was just watching you. Jesus thought just like that. Was just crying. He was sitting there, he was watching. Hey. When Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he's, he's here. He has anointed me. To preach. Preaching takes a presence. I'm not, it's not just going through seven points. What I listened to yesterday, I'm coming to rattle it to you. I know these four scriptures. I just joined them together and come up with a title. It's a, there's, there's an anointing. There's a presence. Many times when you are going to start preaching, you may not feel anything. In fact, you may feel hungry. You may feel tired. You may, you may feel anything. But you need to start. If you wait to feel, like right now I can feel the presence preaching. But if you wait for that, you will never preach. You have to preach. There are times that I can preach and I know the presence of the Lord is. Especially you see, when he's anointed you to preach that thing. And he has given it to you and it's coming from the heart. Oh. A pastor called me from America. He is very respected in America. He called me. I was at home in my bedroom. And he was talking to me. He said, Bishop, you know, when you wave that bottle, when I went, I preached about hell. He said, that bottle that you wave, we, we have not forgotten that bottle. 
when you were preaching about Lazarus and the rich man in hell. He says we cannot get over it. Yes. Because the presence of the Lord was there to preach that thing. And I was preaching from my heart. But the day before, something happened. You see, they asked me to preach about loyalty. But loyalty was not in my heart. But I had to follow their instruction. But I just gave a little glimpse of what I preached the next day. But his son, the son of that pastor, who is also a worship leader, he said, that is what was in your heart. Because that was the first five minutes of the message. Before I went to the loyalty, okay, stage one is this, stage two is this, stage three is this, stage four. But the first five minutes was when I was preaching from my heart. But the next day, they said, preach on. Uh That is when I took my bottle and I waved it. You two may wave a bottle. The Holy Spirit hasn't told you to wave any bottle. Nothing will happen. Are you listening to me? So I tell you, my friend, become sensitive to the anointing for preaching. There's also anointing only when you are doing miracles. There's anointing for preaching. There's anointing. Many times when I'm talking with my staff and my little fellowship that I have in the office, I feel the presence. And so often, so often. One time I was with Bishop Eddie and uh, Lady Pasabiria. We were three of us were in the room. Without saying a word, somebody came in. Somebody came in. Three of us were there. We knew, we knew that we were four. And then he went out. We knew it. It's wonderful. But you must become sensitive. You say you are a preacher. You say you are a shepherd. And who is it who is anointing you to preach? Is it your mind that is anointing you to preach? You must learn to be a, a preacher of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit should speak. Holy Spirit should use you. Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit is not working with you, it will nobody will be changed. Hallelujah. Number four. Preach in an orderly fashion. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. Amen. Let all things be done decently and in order. Amen. Are you listening? In order. Now, every human being is made up of a thinking department and a feeling department. Some human beings, the thinking department is a large department and the feeling department is small. And some human beings, the feeling department is large and the thinking department is small. Okay? Now, because of that, even when you don't preach in an orderly fashion, a lot of people still get blessed with the confusion. Because they are not really following what you are saying. They are just being blessed. They don't know why they are blessed. We are blessed. We don't understand it, but we are blessed. That's why you can put on the television and watch somebody and not understand what he's saying, but people are blessed. And thousands are coming and will keep coming. There is no order. There is no understanding of what is really going on. 
that people are really, really, really bad. Because you are not only ministering to the feeling part, but to the thinking. And with many people, the feeling part is big. They, feel, they float. I'm, I'm so happy. Some of you, as I've been here preaching, just, the singing is what you, I mean, you are just blessed. Say whatever and the song will just be okay for us. It's true. I remember years ago, I went for a Calvary Road meeting and um, there was a lady who sang. I do not remember what they preached, but I remember what she sang. Her name was Caroline. She sang a beautiful song. Jesus, the lover of my life. And I always remember the last verse she sang. So friends, don't think you are alone. For Jesus died for you too. And he calls all who labor and are heavy laden. Ooh, why not call? On Jesus Christ right now. Amen. I just remember, I don't remember any, and I decided to join that group. <laughs> so singing. See, see, they were not ministering to my thinking. They were ministering to my feeling section. And it worked powerfully. It made me join. And I joined. I don't can remember even one message that was preached. But I just said, what group is this? And I went on stage and said, how can I join this group? Said, Jesus, the lover of my soul. So you see, brothers and sisters, everybody has thinking and feeling. You see. Now, when you meet thinking group, and you are ministering only with feelings, they will look at you and say, idiote. Idiot is preaching. <laughs> so, learn to preach in an orderly fashion so that even when the feeling is coming in, even the thinking department will know that Charlie, the thing was orderly. And then the feelings are in there. Amen. Amen. Most people can understand number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. I'm showing you how to preach. When I'm preaching, am I not preaching number one, number two? Now, can you not follow that one? Suppose I've been talking and talking, I never told you number one, number two. Even sometimes when you preach, everybody's waiting. Please tell us what is number When number one comes, tell us that it's number one is this. They are waiting. Are you not waiting for number one? Because that's what they can take home. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. Amen. So, some time ago when I was writing a book, you know, I wanted, I've, had, I've gone through so many stages in writing books. At first, I wanted to write a big book, but I didn't have anything to write. I had things to write, but I didn't have much. So when I finished writing the book, I checked how many pages. It was very few. So I said, can we increase the size of the, what do you call it? Then increase the spaces. Hey. We tried to expand the book. It was not easy to expand the book. Amen. Amen. Then another stage I went through was I tried to write like an essay. You know, it's like you understand. But later on, I came to a point. I said, "Look, 
is number one. These are what I have. Because me, I don't like, but I can't understand where this thing is headed. Number one. So now I don't waste. If I'm writing a book, no matter. Number one is this. Number two. Number three. I have no this. I have points. And I'm I'm not ashamed of it. Every good sermon has three points. Every good sermon can have seven points. But the best sermon, three points. Especially if you have a short time to preach. Three points. Number one. Number two. Number three. If you want people to realize that you don't need notes, come with three points. You will always remember them. Crusade platform everywhere. Three points. Number one. Number two. Number three. Yeah. Three points. Seven points. And you must stay with orderly numbers. Perfect numbers. We have four perfect numbers. Three is one of the perfect numbers that God uses. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Seven is also one of the perfect numbers. You see the seven spirits of God, seven days, seven days. Ten is also one of the perfect numbers. It's the ten is the number that means you don't need anything at the ten commandments. After that, you don't need any more commandments. The tithe is all you need to give. After which you don't really need to give anything as you have given what you need to do. So ten is another good number. And twelve is another powerful number of perfection. You understand? It's an orderly number of government. Anytime God wants to do government, there's 12 disciples, 12 apostles, 12 this, 12 tribes, 12, 12, 12, 12 is government. Are you understand? So 3, 7, 10, 12, these are good numbers. You have point, 3 point this, 7 point. So this 29 is not a good number. Yeah. About 29, it should be 30. But it's an old thing. But if it is in today's time, I'm writing this, I'll write 30 reasons, 30 steps. 10, 10, 10. Three of the tens. Uh, are you getting ready with your three-pointed sermon? Seven-pointed sermon? Ten-point sermon? Twelve-point sermon? Yeah. Learn how to preach well. Number five, preach with emotion. Amen. Number six, vary the tone of your voice. Amen? When you preach and there is no feeling in the preaching and you are just preaching with the same tone of voice, hello? I heard a resident leopard is actually in this uh, 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 hotel. Emotion. You must know how to laugh when you are preaching. And you must know how to cry when you are preaching. One of the things I've always tried to do is to know how to cry. Do you know Mobutu Sese Seku Kuku Bendu Wazabanga? Anytime you see somebody who can speak well, the person has some kind of emotion attached to his speeches. Mobutu, for instance. I've watched him giving speeches. When he ruled Zaire for years as a dictator, 
looting the whole nation and destroying the country up to today is destroyed. But when he got to a point, he realized that democracy may need to come. He came to the parliament and made a speech. And he said he has decided to hand over excuse my emotion the government. Hey! And it shed as it shed in a tear. It's like what he has done for the nation. You even feel sorry. Hey! Somebody who is richer than his country. <laughs> it means the one who goes from everlasting to everlasting. Conquering from one conquest to another and can never be defeated. Invincible warrior. Seseseko. Kuku bendu vazabanga. His name was originally Joseph Desiree Mobutu. And he changed to Mobutu Seseseku Kuku Bendu Wazabanga. <laughs> Are you listening? You need to have feelings. Jimmy Swaggart, one of the best preachers ever in the world. He preached with glasses like this. And always he cried at the end of his sermon. He would take it off. <laughs> he can face in the preaching. You face you are, then you cry at the end. <laughs> I tell you, every single, I have five sermons of his on video. I used to watch it all the time to learn how to do altar call. Hey, always you take the off cry. And then he will loosen his tie a bit. And you see him crying, holding the glasses. They, they call him the best preacher. I'm telling you, you see, how to preach. So those of you who can cry, use it as a weapon. When the occasion comes, they just... I've tried and tried and tried, but the crying is not coming. So if you have some mistake, you are crying. You are crying. <laughs> Number seven. Learn how to preach by closely following a good preacher. Follow a good preacher. Amen. If you want to preach well, learn how to preach by following somebody who is a a good preacher. He preaches well. Okay? And then intentionally copy the person. Do you understand? Copying is the greatest gift God has given to mankind. It's the gift of learning fast. If you want to learn something fast, learn by copying. Now, Ida sings well because she copies. You learn by copying. These are not the original songs. You're copying somebody's song. And that is not even how she speaks English. She sings differently from how she 
speaks. That shows you that she's copying. When she speaks English, she speaks like a Ghanaian. When she sings, she sings like an American. Because she's she, she learning the singing by copying what they do. Well, how, they, well, how they say, Tonight, I need your love. She, she copies it. She doesn't just say, Tonight, I need your love. I need your love tonight. <laughs>
place the love my sins and I am the one who keeps reminding you over and over and over again into that sea of forgetfulness as far as these from the west seventy times seven you've forgiven me you keep planting me placing my sin into the sea of forgetfulness placing my sin to the sea of forgetfulness. All right, all right, all right, all right. But you see, that's copying. You are clapping because of somebody who is good at copying. Yeah. Koreans copied from Japanese and they got cars. Chinese copy. Everybody's copying. Once it's not an exam, you can copy. You get it? Amen. It's not an exam, you can copy. Amen. I learned how to preach by copying Fred Price. Even today, whilst I've been preaching, I've been saying things that Fred Price says, said. I've been preaching. And you learn by copying. So you, you, you sit there and say you are developing a new, a new and unique style. A new and original introduction. Mercy. Bible says in Acts chapter 4 verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. And perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wow. 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 How? Who have you been with on video? Who have you been with on audio? Who have you been with physically? Who have you been? It always affects you. And makes you do things in a particular way. It always shows. You always know this guy is from this place. So I'm showing you how to, how to be a good preacher. You know. How many want to be good preachers? You are blessed to be hearing these things. Oh. I'm telling you. And you see. You are being privileged to become a great and a good shepherd. Amen. Number eight. Preach about what people are thinking. Amen. The Pharisees heard it and they said, This fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, or preached unto them. He knew their thoughts and he preached. Do not close your eyes when you are preaching. Amen. What do you think? Look at the people. The reason why I gave you a break the other time was because you look tired. Because I look at you when I'm preaching. As soon as you are too tired for me to preach to you, I will stop preaching. Because I'm always looking at your face. Jesus said, feed my sheep, not feed my giraffes. So I'm looking this way to feed the sheep. I don't want to feed above into the giraffes. 
Amen. Are you listening to me? I can smell rice. Can you also smell somebody's cooking rice? Wow. You see, I'm preaching about what you are thinking. Yeah. You are thinking about it and I'm preaching about what you are thinking. Rather than preaching something that is not relevant. Sometimes I know the bad thoughts people have. And I preach against those things. Yes. So you preach against thoughts. Especially bad thoughts. Disloyal thoughts. Wicked thoughts. Number nine. Dress nicely. Amen. And appropriately. Amen. When you are very slim, you have to find what will fit you. When you are very fat, you have to find what will fit you. Amen. Ladies, you want to be pastors and you want to dress well. Copy the airline air hostesses. They, they all dress very, very well. They have a way of dressing. You never, and rarely ever, I don't remember ever noticing any airline hostesses' breasts or bottoms in an airline. When, when they are serving, they serve us. Sometimes when we are on a flight, the longest flight will be for 14 hours. I don't notice this one has big bottoms, big breasts. I don't even notice because of the way they dress very professionally, the airlines. They have a way of dressing. So, see how their suits were. But you see, you're a lady, you are coming to preach. You must realize that men's eyes are the ancient scanners. The first in scanner that was invention is the eyes of a man. Brothers, is it true or it is not true? Brothers, if it is too away. So as soon as you stand up to speak, everybody is scanning. They say, let us concentrate on the word of God. So you must dress in such a way that the scanner cannot pick certain things. Yeah. That, not that it can pick. It can't pick it. It can't pick it. We don't need to know. Especially if you are standing in front. They are going to look at you for a long time. You don't have to say, if they, if they are lasting after me, that's their problem. Let them keep their eyes. Look, who is that? Rangers, Rangers, can you check? I think some ladies... Having the wrong thoughts here. Check. Uh, interrogate one or two of them to find out whether. Is it you? It's not. There's no one here. Is there anybody here? At the back. All the correct at the back. And you tell us that we should rather control our, our desires and our lives and keep our eyes on the Lord. 
I'm keeping my eyes on you. You said that we should rather be keeping our eyes on the Lord. I, huh? I'm not looking behind hey. me. And mistakes I've already made. Hope is living inside me. I believe that my debts are paid. To rest in you now. I know I can make it. I've made a vow and I'm not gonna break it. Lord, I'm keeping my eyes on you. Following you. Following you, my Lord. I'm keeping my eyes on you. Following you. Following you, my Lord. You are telling the brothers that they should keep their eyes on him. They should listen to the song. There's no use in comparing with my friends who are serving you. Lord, all the grace that you're sharing is enough for what I must do. So to rest in you now, I know I can make it. I made a vow and I'm not gonna break it. Oh Lord, I'm keeping my eyes on you and I'm following you, following you. Okay, sit down. <laughs> Keep your eyes on the Lord. Number 10, shave your beard and trim your beard. Otherwise, you look like Osama bin Laden. Amen. If you, if you want to be bearded, then do it well. Okay? Do it well. If you are not beard, I remove it. Otherwise, everybody will be looking at it. So there is something white in it. There is something white there. Is this saliva? Is it from your nose? Is it some food? Is it some rice you ate that has fallen inside? Puji. What is Puji? Porridge. Porridge you ate in the morning is now in your beard. Number 11. Hair. You must have the right hair. Keep your hair well. Especially lady pastors. You cannot be a lady pastor and you don't have time to do your hair. What do you mean? You are joking. We have allowed you to have hair and you won't do it. Do not go and make your hair. You must know that your hair makes you look nice. Amen? Amen. Every lady pastor must have a wig. Should in case you, you didn't have time. 
Captain Haddock, and you are moving. When you are a lady and you look beautiful, your message goes down easily. That's true. When you are a lady and you don't look beautiful, it affects you. Even the politicians, if you are not handsome, you can't be a president. You have to be handsome to be a president. It's true. Not in Kenya. Oh! (laughs) Number 12. Develop appropriate gestures. Gestures and posture. Amen. Wow. Amen. Are you there? Are you there? Amen. You have to learn how to. Hallelujah. It's a posture. It's a gesture. When you stand there, so, so the Lord is calling you today to do His work, and He will always use you to do whatever you want to do. The message cannot easily work. You see, it's a gesture. It's a posture, and it's working. Amen. Amen. African people, you cannot stand there just like that. The Lord has called you to this day to do His work, O Lord. No, African people will sleep just now. (laughs) Number 13, vary the volume of what you are preaching. Sometimes louder, sometimes softer. Especially when you see the people are sleeping, they shout, Hey! When they are sleeping. Number 14, move around freely. Amen. Do you know what moving around does? It makes you look relaxed and in charge of the message. It's true. But when you stay behind, always you you look a bit tense, like you have to really check your notes and you really need to be very careful. Can you imagine if I've been standing here since I came? It will be different. We have been here from the morning. We are on it. Are you listening to me? So sometimes louder, sometimes softer. Actually, I have 30 points. I told you 29 is not a good. So I have 30. Number 15. Congregational interaction. Try to involve your congregation. Amen. Occasionally, call out some familiar names. It helps to keep everybody alert. Amen. You see, when I gave my shepherd stand up, I gave him the shepherd, I was involving the congregation. All the things I'm sharing with you, I do them. I was involved. I do think I could have just said, okay, a shepherd is this, a rod, this, that, you do this. But I was involving the congregation. When is that I brought the the angelic girls to the front. 
You see, I was involved in them. I could have just said, oh, angelic. But I brought them. I brought this one, this one. So that you see how angelic they look. So, learn it. I, I want you to be the best preachers. How many are going to be the best preachers? Uh, I see you preaching powerfully. It cannot be only me preaching. So many of us have to preach. And it's going to be powerful. Amen. Now, if you are a lady, don't shriek when you are preaching. It's not nice. It's not nice. Okay? Number 16. Eye contact. Contact with the eyes. Look at the people. Don't let the people sleep. And you keep them awake by looking at them whilst you are speaking. Amen. Keep them awake by looking at them. Keep look. You see, I'm looking at you. How many have noticed me looking at you since I started preaching? At the back, have you noticed me looking at you? Yeah, I'm looking at you. One day a certain man was preaching powerfully and somebody died in the church. So they called the ambulance. When the ambulance came, he parked outside. And um, they came in. And they saw somebody lying there in the chair. And they took him. Because they had had a call that somebody had died in the chair. As soon as they saw the person, they picked him. As they were carrying him, he woke up. He said, ah, what are, what are you doing? They said, oh, we thought you were dead. So oh, I'm not dead. I'm, I'm alive. They came back. They saw another person sleeping. They carried the person. He also woke up. They carried eight people before they saw the dead, the dead man in the church. Everybody woke up until they got the dead man. So the pastor was preaching. People were dying. People were sleeping. He was still preaching. And he was not looking at the people to even see that these people are asleep. Oh! Some are asleep. Some are dead. And you are preaching. They carried out eight people before the last one they were carrying out. Then he didn't wake up. They said, ah, this is the dead, the, the real dead man. So keep eye contact. Tell somebody eye contact. That is congregational interaction. Number 17, your preaching must be relevant. Amen. Relevant to what is going on in people's lives? Number 18, you must have a command of current events. Amen. One day, Yonggi Cho was telling the story of an American who came to preach in Korea. And the American was preaching about the uh, Iranian hostages or something in America, Republican, Democratic, something. And, I, and he was the interpreter. And he realized that his people don't know what is happening in America. They didn't understand it. So he decided to preach a different message. When the man speaks, and the Iranian hostages, God is going to do. Then he will preach, he will say something. A different message. So the man who said it, that he will say something. So he preached a different People would say, Amen, Amen. They didn't know he was talking about Democrat Party, Republican Party. He was also preaching to the people powerfully. God is going to heal you. God is going to bless you. Hey, amen, amen. So the American pastor was very happy. He said, oh, today the preaching was powerful. Not knowing 
that he has preached a different message. Because you've come here, if I come to you and I start talking to you about Alan Tremantin, do you know Alan Tremantin? Do you know Alan Tremantin? You don't know Alan Tremantin and Nana Kufuado in Ghana and the New Patriotic Party. Do you know New Patriotic Party? Hey, see, but that's Ghana politics. Hey, Alan Tremantin and Alan, Alan Cash. MPP chairman of Obechebi Lamte, do you know all these things? Not relevant to you. So if I come and I say, okay, now Obechebi Lamte, something, something, Akufado, and the new patriotic party, and the Data Democratic Congress, and, and Mrs. Konedu Ajimarolis, do you understand all these things? So you are giving details, irrelevant preaching. People cannot relate to it. Amen? People cannot relate to it. That's why I asked for the name of Fuji. Is it Fuji? Fuji. Because if I bring my own porridge and I mention the name of my porridge, it's called Eko Egbemi. Eko Egbemi. You cannot understand it. Eko Egbemi. <laughs> you don't know my, my porridge, so I have to ask you for your porridge. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Number 19. You see, and I, you must have a command of current events. You see, like for instance, the example I gave is a wrong example. Because I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a command of current events in Kenya about who your president is and what he looks like. I should have, I should have checked before I came. Do you understand? Before I come and I stand here and I say, I give an example and say that if you are not handsome, you cannot be the president. I should have checked the picture of your presidents and other presidents first before I give such an example. <laughs> so you can see that I gave a wrong example because I don't have what? A command of current events of Kenya. Mercy! So you see, it's a mysterious mistake that I made. I should have checked all these president of all these countries. Number nineteen. Use windows in your preaching. Windows are in, uh, stories, stories, illustrations, and testimonies, so that people can see into your life and see into the sermon when you have a house without a window you cannot see into the uh, you know the uh, you know the uh, message we cannot see into the message because there's no window you come and you preach, you say, Deuteronomy 28, verse 36. The Bible says that this, this. And when you turn to Exodus 44, verse 18, the Bible says that this, this. And Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 95, the Bible says this. You will never do this. God will help you. You will never be able to say, when you turn to Colossians, when you turn to Ephesians, when you turn to Revelation, when you look at Genesis and compare with Ezekiel and certain scriptures in Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, God God himself is speaking to you today. Oh, Shabaya! Shabaya! Now turn your Bible with me. 
Look, we are not getting the message. Are you getting the message? Yeah. It says so many scriptures. But there is no window in this powerful message. We can't get it. <laughs> a house without a window, you cannot see it. That's why since I can't be telling you stories. I, don't you enjoy the stories when I tell you stories? Yeah. You like more stories. I have more stories to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So I tell you, you know, you must, um, you must have windows. Different types of windows. So that you can explain the message to the people. Amen. Because when you compare Psalm 44, Psalm 78, <laughs> Psalm 95, Psalm 102 and Psalm 107. <laughs> when you check them, all these, and you compare with Proverbs. <laughs> You are explaining to us that we shouldn't say bad things about people. Then we we can't understand. But if you tell the people that once upon a time there was a certain old lion. (laughs) The old lion was very, very old and sick. <laughs> and the old lion was, was going to die. He was very sick. So, all the animals in the forest came to pay their respects to the old lion. The giraffes came Jackals came. Hyenas came. Resident leopards came. All the animals were antelope, impalas, all of them. Then, the wolf came. And the wolf was paying respect. And the wolf told the old lion, Oh, Lion, you see, we have all come to pay our respects to you. But I don't want to bring it up at this time. But some people are not here who didn't come to pay their respects to you. (laughs) The king said, Who is it who did not come to pay respects to me? And the wolf said, Please, the fox has not come. As soon as he said that, immediately the fox walked in. And the fox heard what he had told the king. And people said, The fox is here. When the old king was told the fox is here, the lion said, You did not respect me. The fox said, Me? I did not respect you. 
been doing. I've been going around this game reserve looking for a cure for you, the old king, and I have found it. When the old king lion headed, he said, (laughs) What is the cure for my sickness? The fox said, I found it. Tell me I will get it immediately. Said you must have the skin of a wolf, freshly cut skin of a wolf to wrap around you to feel warm, and all the sickness will go. When the old king, he when the old king heard it, he said, "Wow, catch the wolf!" And they caught the wolf immediately, and they took him to go and skin him as they were going. The fox saw him said, You shouldn't have said anything bad about me. That's the end of my story. <laughs> you shouldn't have said anything. This message continues on the next track. Keep listening. <laughs> 